verse number 18. <clears throat> I know we talked about 18, 19, 20 a little bit last week, but we want to uh, <clears throat> want to go back over it a little bit, and then uh, we'll uh, probably only finish out the first chapter tonight, but we'll see. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 18. We'll just go ahead and read through the end of the chapter and then we'll circle back. 18th verse reads, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God, gave, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the, more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in, in their lust one uh, toward another, men with men working that which seemeth which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not uh, like to retain, the, retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. <clears throat> Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who know in the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only to do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And that's <clears throat> reading the uh, remainder of the first chapter of the book of Romans. Like I said, we'll start back over here in verse number 18. And I know I talked about this uh, briefly uh, last week as we come to a close, but I think this right here will, uh, even if we say a lot of what we said last week, we want to talk about it uh, one more time. And we're going to take and uh, turn and read a few more verses as we go through this. But <clears throat> just to give 18 context, if you wasn't here, uh, I hope you know this already, but nevertheless, uh, 16, 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It is written, The just shall live by faith. <clears throat> but as we look right here, uh, Paul gives us a context that we are saved by one specific thing and one specific thing only, the gospel of Christ. And the gospel of Christ is the power of God, which brings salvation, and it brings salvation to every person that would believe. In the first chapter of the book of John, the Bible says he came to his own. His own received him not, but as many as would receive him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God. 
And, and I'm glad that we have a whosoever gospel and all gospel. All means all in every single circumstance. All always means all. It's not specific kinds of people. Uh, it's not uh, specific colors of people, but it is all people. Yellow, red, black, and white. The first song that we ever learned in God's house, they are all precious in His sight. The, the cross of Calvary, the act of the atonement was for all men, all women, all boys, and all girls. Every person that would ever draw breath in this world, Calvary is sufficient for them. But uh, we want to establish that before we get into 18, 19, and 20. Now the Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Uh, and as we look at this right here, we just want to talk for just a few minutes. Now the Bible says the wrath of God. Uh, and when we study about what the wrath of God is, we can understand and know full well uh, listen, that when God pours out His wrath on something, it is absolutely merciless. Amen? What is God? God is love. So when God withdraws His love, the only thing left that is wrath. And man can consume themselves in their own lust and their own indecency. Uh, but listen, when we understand that God is revealed in His wrath, revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, and those are things that we find when we reject the truth in unrighteousness. And we need to understand that Jesus said this. Pilate asked him, he said, what is truth? In John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes on the Father lest he come by me. And so, friends, listen, we need to understand this, that the wrath of God is revealed against all those that would reject His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The wrath of God. That's a place I never want to stand. And I can say with blessed hope and assurity and assurance tonight that I never will because I've been saved. I'm glad that we can have that blessed hope. Hey, Paul wrote, wrote to us in this. He said, I look, uh, for, uh, he said, I know that I have uh, my peace calling, my hope, and my election is sure. Amen. I'm glad that we have a sure standing in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That we can know that we have passed from death unto life because we love our brethren. Amen. There's many things in the Word of God that we can draw from uh, to know that we have assurance of being saved. Amen. Uh, listen, the Bible tells us in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans that He gives us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Friends, listen, there is an indwelling that takes place in a believer at that moment in time when they believe by faith through grace in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there's an ontological change. There is something... Hey, I, I, I've thought about this. Amen. There's so many people, they say, well, uh, preacher, nothing really happens. But Chad, that's not what the Bible says. Amen. What did he say in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17? He said, therefore, all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Amen. So friends, listen, we realize and we begin to understand that there is something that metaphysically takes place inside of a person when they believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He said you can't put new wine in old wine skins. Why? Because it'll bust. 
Friends, listen, I'm telling you something. There is a change that takes place at that moment in time when we are saved. And if we don't believe in that change, you know what Job said? Job said, I'll wait till my change comes. Uh, friends, listen, we've received the spirit of that change currently. As we read over in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, the Bible says we've received the spirit of adoption. In the 23rd verse, he said the redemption is to wit, which is the resurrection of the body. So there's something that we're looking forward to. The kingdom already is, but yet is not. Amen. We are looking for a kingdom. I'm looking for a place. I've said this many times. John 14, 1 through 6 is a depiction of a prepared place for a prepared people. Amen. And the only way that you're going there is through Jesus Christ. You cannot get there any other way. There's many of men to have tried. They've explored every possible facet and avenue. But I assure you today that hell is mounding full of people that have went to hell because they chose another way. And I, I want you to hear my, my language tonight when I said they chose. God, listen, the Bible explicitly tells us in the gospel that, listen, that, 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 that hell was created for the devil and his angels. Amen. The soul of man was never created, ever has been, or ever will be to go to that place. When people go there, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah that hell expands its borders daily. Friends, listen to me. When we understand the meaning and interpretation of that scripture, there is literal room that has to be made for every single soul that rejects Christ for the last time, leaves the walk of this life, draws the last breath, steps into eternity without a hope or help or faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one alternative for those people. And it's eternal separation from God. What a sad state of affairs that it is. But I'm glad that the cross of Calvary is sufficient. People go to hell today is because they have a way. They have a path of redemption. But they choose not to receive it. Listen. The Bible says for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. And, and, and unrighteous of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Those are some key, ver, uh, key words right there that we leave, read in the latter part of that uh, verse. They hold these things in unrighteousness. They intentionally reject the truth. They intentionally spurn these things. Listen, they push them aside. They fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the Bible tells me when they hold these things, when they hold the truth hostage and in unrighteousness, that God's wrath will be, listen, poured out on them. The Bible says in verse number 19, we're going to work our way through this, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you something. We need to pay very close attention to verse 19 and verse number 20. Uh, because the Bible tells us uh, some, uh, some very, very explicit truths that I believe today are most oftentimes overlooked. 
Verse number 20, the Bible says, For the invisible things of Him are clearly seen. I'm going to stop right here and say this. Friends, listen. For those atheists and agnostics and all those uh, today that, uh, listen, whether your faith is in science, whether your faith is in philosophy or biology, or you've uh, taken a stand or in intellectual knowledge, it does not excuse you from the fact that God has revealed Himself to you. And not just to you, but to every single person. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Amen. They're not hidden. They're not in a place that you cannot find them, that you cannot see them. They are clearly seen. As we open our eyes, we walk outside, we see the trees, we see the dirt, we see the creation. We see God's creation through animals. We see all these things and we have to understand that there is a creator behind the creation. But most people today, they worship the creator more or they worship the creation more than the creator and they find themselves held up holding hostage the truth and unrighteousness and they will be eternally rewarded for that choice in hell. But friends, they listen. The Bible says this, that they've been clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. And that's specifically talking, I know I talked about this last week. I just want to reiterate. Uh, listen, being understood by the things which are made, uh, even His eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Friends, listen, I just want to stop right here and say this. Uh, listen, the very first thing that we see, uh, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That they have existed, uh, listen, forever in eternity past. They are three persons in one God. They have existed forever. Like I said, they are the uncreated creator. They live eternally. They are infinite. They are timeless. They are immaterial. They do not belong to this place. Amen. But most of all, glory to God, they are my Savior. Friends, listen. I'm not saved by the things of this world. I'm saved by, listen, the creator of this world. But friends, listen, as we see these things, the very first act that we see in Genesis 1 and 1, he said in the beginning, uh, listen, God, God spoke these things into existence. What was he speaking? He was speaking redemption, the very first thing that he did. Friends, listen, there's lots of people, they say, well, uh, the very first act of redemption was when he uh, took the animal and killed it and he covered and clothed Adam. But redemption was far prior to that. Redemption uh, was when he spoke into existence the world. Let me tell you this, redemption was before this world ever began. Listen, flip with us now if you would uh, so we can understand this. Go with us to Titus chapter number 1. Uh, just briefly, I'm going to try and... Uh, work our way through these uh, so we can wind up this chapter tonight. <clears throat> but in Titus, uh, the Bible tells us, <clears throat> if I can find it right here. <clears throat> Hang on, I told you the wrong place. Timothy, turn to 1 Timothy. Get 
Give me one second. Can't find what I'm, <clears throat> what I'm looking for right here. Flip with us to chapter 2 of Titus. We'll go right there for just a few minutes. <clears throat> and then, uh, I know where we go. We'll go to 1 Peter. <clears throat> 1 Peter, uh, we'll go there in just a second, but stay with us right here in Titus. Uh, chapter number 2, verse number uh, 11, and then we're going to skip over and read uh, verse number uh, 5 and 6 in chapter 3. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should walk soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke uh, with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Skip down to verse number five. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, According to his mercy. Whose mercy? Christ's mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Flip with us now. So we know that we're saved, not by our works of righteousness, which we have done, but we're saved according to his mercy. Flip with us to 1 Peter. <clears throat> uh, we'll start reading here. In verse number 17, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 17, the Bible says, And if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from vain conversation received by traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of, of Christ, as of a lamb uh, without blemish and without spot, who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. And we need to pay attention to the foreordination of Christ. And now listen, I want to talk about something for just a few minutes. Listen, Christ existed in eternity past. You, we need to understand that there's never been a place, uh, in, especially in our time, but there's never been a place outside of time where Christ did not exist. We need to understand that. There has always been a redeemer. There has always been a savior. There has always been one longing for and desiring for man to love him. Amen. There's never a place, never a time. There's never uh, anything in our imagination. That's why Jesus said, or, or listen, Jesus reiterated the, word, the words of Moses uh, when Moses asked God, he said, God, who should I tell them sent me? He said, I am. Why did he say that? Because he is outside of time. He is timeless and spaceless and immaterial. And therefore we have a redeemer that is in the same state. And he was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Amen. Listen, not after, but before. Friends, listen, we need to understand this because I'm going to tell you something. Hey, we say today, well, nobody loves me. Hey, you were loved before you were ever a thought. 
Amen. Friends, listen, we need to understand that he loved. Listen, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter number 4, listen, he said, not that we love God, but that he first loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation, the, 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 the proprietary source of our atonement. Friends, listen to me. Hey, I'm glad that there was redemption long before this world ever was. Friends, listen, and when he spoke this thing into existence, he knew the free will choice of man. He knew that we would fall in sin. And listen, that's why there always has been a Redeemer. That's why he's eternal. Friends, Christ was not created. He is the I Am. That's what he told them. Friends, listen, I'm going to tell you something today. You say, well, nobody loves me. Let me tell you something. Somebody loved you long before you ever were. Somebody loves you when you were in your most unlovable state. Amen. I've often said this and preached this through the years. Friends, listen, Christ didn't say, hey, he didn't die for the preacher. He didn't die for the deacon or the Sunday school teacher. He didn't die for the lay member. Uh, friends, he didn't die for the saint. You know what he died for humanity? Uh, listen, if you can imagine in your mind and take yourself to the deepest, darkest, hidden secret that you have ever, and the most atrocious sin that you've ever violated against God, the things you don't want your wife uh, or your husband or your mama and daddy, you don't want anybody to know. Thank God, friends, in that very moment and in that very state is when he died and when he loved you. He didn't, he didn't die for the right. He died for the sinner. And when he died for the worst, he can redeem us to the best. Amen. Her friends, listen. Hey, well, her people say, well, preacher, I don't want him to know the deepest, dark, and hidden secrets of my heart. Bless God, I do. I want to be like David. Amen, Kip. I want him to search me and know my heart, know my thoughts. I want him to search the things that I've never thought about. I'm glad that he knows the number of hairs on my head. I'm glad that he knows the thoughts and the intentions of my heart. I'm glad that he knows the words of my tongue. I'm glad that he knows the words that I'll never speak because because of that I am redeemed and that's how you're redeemed that's how you're kept in redemption amen hey salvation couldn't be eternal if you didn't die for it all amen so listen we get to this over here we understand this now uh, we pay attention. The Bible says, "For we're, no, we're not redeemed with corruptible things." What does that mean specifically? What are corruptible things? Corruptible things that are things that are made of this world. Anything. You can't get saved by a tree. You can't get saved by an animal. You can't get saved. I'm missing by uh, by. Uh, you, you can't get saved by people. You can't get saved by a place. Saved by a person. And his, and his name is Jesus. That's the only way. The Bible tells us in Acts 4 and 12, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Uh, friends, it's a non-negotiable covenant. Amen. <laughs> you can only be saved one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Friends, now listen, as we walk through this just briefly, I'm never going to, I'm not going to get past what we got last week. 
<clears throat> but the, the Bible, we need to understand that, that, that through uh, His universal witness, the universal witness that is around us, there's not a person in this world that will die without Christ that will say that they have an excuse. There's so many people, and I know that we cultivate and we come up with these questions. Well, preacher, what do we do with all those people in the world that will never hear the gospel? Let me tell you something, friends. Listen, the Bible gives us good testimony about these things. Amen. Philip and the eunuch. Cornelius. We see these examples. What are you talking about, preacher? Friends, listen. There's, the Bible says that we can see from his creation, and it's clearly seen and understood. Uh, listen, we can even see his power and his Godhead. Is what that says. So, friends, listen. When we respond to the light that he has given us, if we ever respond positively to the universal witness and to the general call of the gospel, if we ever respond possibly, uh, positively, God will send more light in every circumstance. If you move a little, God moves. If you move, God moves. Friends, listen, the Bible tells us, and we've preached on this, and I'm sure everybody, listen, just give me a break for a minute, but Philip and the eunuch, uh, uh, listen, it's the greatest biblical example that we find of this. He, uh, listen, he was under Queen of Cadence. The Bible tells us he was a man of superiority. He was well respected among his peers. He had power. Uh, listen, I'm sure that he had money uh, with it. The Bible tells us he'd been to Jerusalem. Wherefore, the worship he had in his hand, the book of Isaiah. And he was coming down through there. What was he doing? He was saying, I believe. Amen. That's what he was doing. He said, I believe that there's something bigger and better. I believe there's something more. But I don't know what it is. Hey, and the Bible tells us that Philip was in a great revival. Now listen, this is where I want to talk about. Uh, listen, you have to have specific knowledge. What is specific knowledge, preacher? Specific knowledge is the knowledge of our Savior Jesus. Amen. Uh, listen, why do we have to have specific knowledge? Because of Acts 4.12. There's no other name under heaven among, given among men whereby we must, must be saved. Listen, so he tells us over there that we must be saved through Jesus. How can we know about Jesus? Through the gospel. So it requires a specific type of knowledge. That's why general revelation can't save us. We can't look at the trees and say, I'm glad that there's a Savior. We can look at the trees and say, I know that there's something bigger than I am. We can yearn and we can warn and we can desire for those things. And when we desire, the Bible says, ask. Seek. Knock. Amen. If we do those things, if we, if we seek and ask and knock, he will respond. Peter was, or Philip, the Bible tells us, was in a great revival. Listen, the eunuch was never even on his mind. And the Bible tells us uh, that Philip was caught up by the Spirit of God. Specific revelation, specific knowledge is what the eunuch had to have. He had gone as far as he could go. And look, it took specific knowledge to get him any further. But it required a special revelation. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, Philip was caught up by the Spirit, sat down in the middle of a desert. How did he get there? God put him there. 
special revelation. And Philip just picked up and started walking. And he looked up and he seen the eunuch sitting up in the chariot. And listen, he said, understand us what thou readest. And the eunuch looked at him and he said, and looked down at Peter and he said, how can I? He said, I've been reading and I don't understand. He said, how can I lest some man should show me? I believe, I listen, I, I don't know if the chariot stopped or Philip climbed up in the chariot. Regardless of the fact, the Bible says that he took from the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah and he preached unto him Jesus. And after, after the eunuch had heard the gospel, he said, what doth hinder me? To listen, hey, from being baptized. Francis, and I'm glad today that there is a way. Amen. Hey, he told Moses, listen, Moses went up on the mouth. He said, God, he said, Pharaoh's army is behind me and the sea is on the forefront. The children that you've given me, he said, they're backbiting, they're wanting to go back and they're fixing to kill me. What do you want me to do? He said, stand still. Amen. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Friends, listen tonight. I believe that there is a place and a point and a time in every... Listen to me. What I'm trying to tell you is this. And I said this last week. And I'm sure it curled and furled a lot of brows when I said this. Friends, listen. A lot of times we only took... We, we roll conviction up into one, one moment. We say, well, now they're under conviction. But we've got to understand that the Bible tells us that God is pursuing the whole time. Amen. John 6, the Bible says, No man can come unto the Father lest the Father which sent him draw him or enable him or, uh, listen, make an appeal and pursue him. Amen. Now, a lot of people would take that verse and they would say, well, preacher, that only means that a person can only get saved when God does a supernatural work at that very moment, at that very time, at that very place, or they can't get saved. Do you know that's not Bible? Amen. I'm I'm tired of beating around the bush about it. John 12 and 32, the Bible said, if I and if I be lifted up to the earth, he said, I will draw all men unto me. He told him in the 14th chapter of the book of John, he said this, he said, it's expedient that I go away for if I go all away, then the comforter cannot come. And when the comforter has come, he will reprove. What does that word reprove mean? He will convict the world of sin. Amen. So friends, listen to me. What am I telling you? Uh, friends, a lot of times, and I can say this for me personally, now that I understand, and listen, I say that I understand, I understand just a little bit. Every time I read and I think I understand a little bit more, the more I realize I don't know. Amen. But uh, listen, I understand from my point of view as an eight-year-old boy at that very moment when the preacher preached that morning, I listen, I, and, and Romans 7 was fulfilled. He said, I once was alive without the commandment, the sin revived, or the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Something was instantly wrong. But you've got to understand, God had been pursuing me from the womb. 
Amen. Conviction and the draw of God was there my entire life. I just realized it that day. Amen. And so, friends, listen, I'm not being critical because I, I understand. I'm glad that people have a place and a time. Amen. I appreciate and I understand what people are saying when they say that. And I'm not trying to take that away from you. I never would. But friends, we do need to understand that God's been pursuing this from the beginning. It wasn't just that day. He was far beyond that day. And to me, that just makes it even more beautiful. So friends, listen, the Bible tells us here that, uh, listen, we understand that people can't, uh, listen, and I'll say this. There's a, Uh, There's a part of this when you begin to uh, uh, look into the Word of God. People can easily get to a place where they get to an easy believism. They say, well, preacher, are you preaching a gospel that means that somebody can be saved any time that they want to be saved? That's not what I'm preaching. What I'm preaching to you is the Bible. Amen. Hey, that eunuch, I don't know how old he was. But I know that he was probably better than 20, maybe 30. I don't know if he may have been 40, 50, or 60. But his pursuit, listen, God had pursued him the entirety of his life. Now I want to say this. Had that man died, had that man died before that day, you know where he would be? A lot of people would answer that question and say, Preacher, he's in heaven. That's incorrect. He's in hell. That's why we preach the gospel. I'm going to tell you something. It's, it, it would be the cruelest thing that we could ever do would be to preach the gospel if we believed, if we truly believed that if somebody can live their whole life, never hear the gospel and never be saved because we say they were never convicted and we believe that they can go to heaven, the cruelest thing we can do as the church is preach the gospel. But why do we preach the gospel? Because they're going to hell without Jesus. So we better do, that's why Jesus told, he told them all, whatever you're going to do, you better do it quickly. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we pursue in faith. That's why we make sure that we teach the word of God, that our children understand and that they know. Friends, listen to me. I want my children to be saved as young as they can possibly get saved. Amen? And I mean that. Friends, listen to me. Because we're fixing to read about some people over here uh, who have suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. Their sinful deeds have overtaken them. Listen, and it leads to a sad state of affairs. But friends, listen to me. What I want to say is this. Friends, listen. There is not a single person in this entire world. And now, a lot of you would say this, and I know it's hard to say all this in one time, in one hour. Uh, But we'll talk about Romans 5 in just a few weeks over here, but we talk about infant salvation. Friends, listen to me. Now, I want to say something. And, and I'm going to, Listen, the Bible tells us this. I'm going to read it to you right out of the Bible, so it's not my opinion. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from vain conversation received by tradition of your Father, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish, without spot, who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times 
for you. I want you to flip with me if you would to Isaiah 53 and then we're going to move forward. Isaiah 53, very, very familiar text. <clears throat> so this is the prophecy about our Savior. And Isaiah 53 in its entirety is the prophecy of our Savior. I'm not going to read it all. But the Bible says in verse number 3, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was. You see that? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You Listen, that's written in past tense. This is not something that's going to happen. He's telling us this is something that has happened. Right? And I read it to you. I read it to you in 1 Peter. It was foreordained before the foundation of the world. What was? Redemption was. And that's why he told us over here, he was wounded for our transgression and he was bruised for our iniquities. A child that's born into this world is inclined and bent towards sin. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. I'm glad to testify today. Until they ratify sin in their lives, I'm glad that there's a Savior and there's a redemption that covers them until sin comes. And, and I'm just going to, that's the Bible. Amen. That's not my opinion. A lot of people get twisted up on this. But friends, listen, that's just Bible. I'm glad those that are intellectually challenged, the mentally ill, the children that can never reach the age of accountability, whether it be by age or incapacities, I'm glad that there's a redeemer for them. Amen? Because he was. Not he is or going to be, he was. Amen? I'm glad that I'm saved because he was. Listen, as we'll move on now, and we'll try and get through this. In verse number 21, uh, going to have to make hay here. <clears throat> because that they knew, uh, but because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools <clears throat> and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So these people, uh, they've chosen to reject the truth of God. They've chosen to reject the things that we read in verse 20 that are clearly seen of His power and of His Godhead. They choose to reject the Creator of all things. Look around us today. Romans in the first chapter is a picture of the United States of America. They changed their glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts, creeping things. Wherefore, God gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature 
more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. We'll say something. Those who reject the light that, uh, listen, and I will willfully attest to this. There's going to be people in this world that will never hear the gospel. You know why they'll never hear the gospel? It's because they fit verses 22, 3, and 4. They have rejected what has been given. God is just. Amen. The Bible tells us that, he is, that, that men are without excuse. If we don't respond to what He has given, why would He send the gospel for them to reject it? It's a sad reality and a sad truth. Does that mean we don't preach it? Does that mean we don't go? No, it means the right opposite. Amen. We do all we can while we can. We preach to every man, woman, boy, and girl about the saving grace of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we do those things? Because these people that have, uh, listen, Paul had in his letters, he was a murderer. Uh, listen, he was a man. The Bible tells us he was a good man trading at the feet of Gamaliel. I believe he was a wise and intelligent man. I believe that he thought he was doing God's bidding and God work, but he was a murderer. A few verses earlier to the day that he got saved, we find him where he held the garments of the men that stoned Stephen. They stoned Stephen at Saul's word. Saul of Tarsus. He was a murderer. But thank God Stephen preached to him. Amen. He preached to him and it made Saul so infuriated mad that he killed him. But aren't you glad for the forbearance and the long-suffering of God? Amen. There was a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus that God had ordained for the womb. He said, I'm going to go call that man. And he's going to take my gospel and he's going to preach it to the Gentiles. He's the author of two-thirds of the New Testament. Why? Because there was a day on the Damascus Road with Saul of Tarsus, letters in his hand. Listen, he was going down to Jerusalem to, to commit genocide for the Christians and those that were preaching. And the Bible tells us on that way, God struck him down in the midst of the road. And he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, who is it? He remembered. That's why we preach the gospel. The Bible tells us though that there's some people in this world they won't even respond to the light that they've been given. They find themselves in a place where, listen to me, because of their ways and because they've rejected what God has given them, they find themselves where God gives them up. Does that mean God gives up? That's not what the Bible said. It doesn't say God gives up on them. It doesn't say that God flushes them down the toilet. It doesn't say that Calvary's not good enough. It said God stops the pursuit and gives them up to the pleasures of their own flesh. And they worship the creation more than the Creator. They hide the truth. They spurn the truth. They hate the gospel. They'll do everything they can to get away from it. 
They walk and they hide themselves in sin. But let me tell you something. God's not left. As long as there's breath, there's life. Why? Acts 17, 28. The Bible said in him we live and move and have our being. Amen. As long as there's breath, there is hope. Amen. As long as there's breath, there's hope. You, you know when hope runs out? is when he closes his eyes at death and steps into eternity. He waited too late. The Bible says in verse number 26, For this cause God gave them up into vile affections. Why did he do this? It's because they wa- it's what they wanted. They wanted this and they walked away from God and God gave them up to the things that they wanted. I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, God spoke to the Old Testament saints in one place. And listen, they went to him and they said, God, we want a king. He said, you don't need a king. He said, we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. He said, I'll be your king. But he said, if that's what you want, that's what I'll give you. You see, friends, today, let me tell you something. You better be careful about what you want. Thank God that there's constant pursuit, there's constant conviction. But friends, you better be careful about the things that you want. Because if you want the things more than you want God, He'll let you have them. Well, there's been many people in this world. I'll tell you, I, I'm a, I rest assured today, the rich man, he wanted his riches. He wanted his fame. He wanted his fortune. He wanted his stature and he wanted his status more than he wanted God. You know what God gave him? God gave him what he wanted. Verse 27. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of women burned in their lust one toward another. Men uh, with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. I want you to look at the state of these people who are committing homosexuality. What state are they in? What state did I just talk about? God's given them up. So let's take pause about what we say is okay and what is all right. Does that mean we hate the people? And I want to say this, I want to say this loud. Loud and clear so everybody can hear me. We do not hate the people. Amen? Let me tell you something. You're not going to catch what they have. Amen? But that's the way people act today. Amen? It's not a disease that you can catch. But you know what we are? We are fishers of men. And so whether it's the drug addict, or whether it's the alcoholic, or whether it's those that are taken away and, uh, listen, they're living a life in drug addiction, alcoholism, and prostitution. Maybe they're murderers. Maybe they're homosexual. Maybe there are many things, but you know what? The Bible does never in one place tell us to discriminate against them. You know what the Bible says? He said, go to them. Better, amen, to repent in love. 
That's what we should do. Now what we do is a whole nother conversation. And I'm, I'm here to tell you something, friends, today. Listen, we, ought to, we, we should love them. You know why we should love them? Because Christ died for them. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I believe that God can get down in the heart. Amen. And I believe that He can churn and He can work. I, listen, and I believe when they separate themselves long enough and they look around and they see and they hear these things, I, listen, there's a constant drawing and a constant conviction that is pursuing them. And they can walk out of it if they so choose. But listen to me. I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen. Let's don't be aid in sending a lot of people to hell because we don't know how to deal with them. And I'm going to tell you something. That's a message that needs to be addressed in this day and time because I'm going to tell you, we're, we're, my children are affiliated with, with an unchurched generation. They don't go to church. Their daddies are not preachers if they have a daddy. They don't know what terminology about conviction and being saved. They don't know those words. They don't understand them. They think the things they see on television is, listen, society has accepted these things. They push these things. And listen, we haven't pushed back. Sometimes we push back in hate and not in love, and it just makes things worse. But friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible tells us that we should pursue them. And listen, we are living in a day and time where this is the majority of the people that we live with, that we associate with, and that we work with. Love them. Love them to Jesus. That's the only way they're going to get saved. I'm going to tell you something, friends. I want to see them saved. There's too many people today. They're worried about how many is or is not in the church. They're worried about the lights and they're worried about the carpet. Worried about whether we do or whether we don't or who said this. We could care less. People are going to hell. We're just as bad as the world is. We want what we want. And you know what? We wonder and we look around today. We say, why is the church dying? Because that's what we want. We don't want hour and a half preaching. Amen? We want 10 minutes singing, 15 minute preaching, and early lunch. Amen? That's what we want. We don't want to desire God. We don't want to pray. We don't want to work. We don't want to be like the, the disciples and the, uh, the 120 that gathered in the upper chamber and prayed until they were endued with power from on high. We'd rather argue amongst each other. I, listen, I know I'm not running for state senate. But I'm just telling you, that's the state of the church. We wanted these things. And you got them. But you know what? I, I, listen, let, let me qualify this statement with this. 
I wanted them just as bad as you did. But you know what? When I get older and when I look into my children's eyes, when I look into your children's eyes, I look into your grandchildren's eyes, when I look at this young man sitting right here that God has called to preach, you know what I want to do? I want to change what I want. I want my children, I want your grandchildren to know what it is. I want them to know what the power of God is. I don't want them to grow up in a society that plays church. I don't want them to grow up under preaching that appeases their ears and never satisfies their heart. I don't want my great-grandchildren years down when I'm dead and gone from here. I don't want them to suffer because of what I wanted. And we got to understand it's on us today. I want to see my kids say, don't see your kids say. I want to see God raise up some new deacons that are spirit-filled, full of the Holy Ghost. Don't you? I want to see God raise up some teachers that's full of the Holy Ghost. I want to see some young preachers full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Holy Ghost when they stand behind God's... Hey, listen, I don't want to be jealous. I want to say, thank you, God, that it's still real. God, fill them. Make them wiser, stronger. Make them kinder. Make them more loving. Make them more humble, Lord, than I am. Why? Because I don't want what I want to stand in the way of what's coming. Amen. Listen, we'll get through this. Got four minutes. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Boy, I tell you something, friends. Listen, there's so many people that have fallen into this state. They reject everything holy, everything good. What kind of state are they in? The Bible tells us. It says that they're filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, Wickedness, covetousness, excuse me, maliciousness. They're full of murder. They're full of envy and murder and debate and deceit and malignity and malice and whispers. They're, they're backbiters. They're haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters. They're in the inventors of evil things. They're disobedient to their parents. They're without understanding. They're covenant breakers. They're untrustworthy. Without natural affection, they're hard-hearted implacable, unappeasable, implacable, they're unmerciful. But they got what they wanted. And all they had to do was run to Calvary. I believe I told this the other Sunday.
There was a man driving his car in the middle of the desert. The heat was unbearable. Nightfall was falling. His car broke down. He pulled over on the side of the road. He got out. He tried everything he knew to do. Nothing else left to do. Nobody in sight. No help. No phone. He was sitting there. And he was at his end. He got back in the car and he's sitting there. And out of his rearview mirror, he sees headlights. The headlights roll past, pull in front. It's a wrecker. The wrecker pulls up to the front of the car, hooks up the car. The man walks back to the window. And he looks inside the car and he said, My father built this car and has a shop. And I'll take you there and he'll repair it. He reaches in the car, he pulls the car down in neutral, and he looks at the man and he said, Do nothing. Just believe me and you'll be saved. The man turns and walks back to the wrecker and he hears and he hears the car and the transmission roll back into park. And he walks back and he pulls it back down in neutral and he said, believe me, do nothing and you'll be saved. Begins to walk away, hears it go back in park. And this goes on and on and on. And the last time he hears it in park, he walks up to the wrecker, unhooks the wrecker and drives off into the distance. You see, that's what salvation is. There's nothing we can do to earn it because we're in a place we can't even help ourselves. When, we, when conviction is finished and we find ourselves lost, what we refer to as lost, we come to that state and when we feel like conviction is finished and we're lost, we're separated from God, there's nothing that we ourselves can do. We're sitting there helpless and lonely. But thank God, Thank God there's a place that shows in all of our wickedness. Let me tell you something, friends. Have you ever been standing out in the woods? Let me put it this way. You ever been standing out in the pasture in the daytime and shined a flashlight? If Chad's standing a thousand yards away and shines a flashlight, more than likely I can't see it. But on a good dark night, Amen. Yeah. On a good dark night when there's nothing and there's blinding darkness and you see a light pop on the hill. Know exactly where he is. Know exactly where to go. You see, thank God in the midst of our darkness, friends, that we have a Savior who shows up and says, if you'll just not resist, I'll save you. But see, people don't get saved because they reject, resist the Spirit. Stop putting it in the park. Amen. Just believe Him. 
Just believe him and he'll save you. So many people today, they walk away because they love the creation more than the creator. They want what they want more than they want him.